also is a bit of a challenge for, for us, Michelle, as we kind of talk about boys. Oh my goodness, the boys, I have just seen them shine in a way that often I don't see in other aspects of schooling. Tap into those interests. Absolutely. And the boys have just excelled at that. You're listening to a Core Education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility. Kia ora koutou. my name's Anadu Whites, I work for Core Education, and I'm here with Rochelle Savage, who also works for Core. Kia ora, Rochelle. Kia ora, Anaru. So today, we decided to discuss how teachers and parents can support and encourage boys at school, and my perspective is mainly that of a parent, and yours, Anaru, is someone who's worked as a teacher and also who works as an educator. So when you were teaching or working with teachers in schools, what do you think works to encourage and support boys? Well, Rochelle, I think one of the most important aspects is finding what motivates students. And probably the best place to start is around those relationships that you have with your students, in this case obviously with boys in the classroom, and not just in the classroom but also outside of the classroom as well. And for me, those relationships, they need to be genuine. It's about finding those genuine interests that boys have. And that's just taking that time. It could just be to listen to them, be patient with them, and also just creating those opportunities to be able to form those relationships. And to, for me, especially those opportunities, ones that empower them, for them to show what they interest them, uh, for them to really you know, grab something and take the lead for it as well. And there's also been a bit of talk about boys needing boundaries. And I'm kind of, yeah, I kind of get that as well, but I bring that up more so as a bit of a challenge for, for us, Michelle, as we kind of talk about boys throughout this podcast and also podcasts that to come, but also to everyone out there as well around those boundaries that boys need or perhaps don't need as well within the classroom. Excellent. And I just wanted to sort of expand on what you were saying with regards to genuine interests and Mm -hmm. something that my observation as a parent is I'm really impressed with my children's teachers when they suggest challenges to them and give them enough time to rise to the occasion, which Mm -hmm. has been great in terms of one aspect was one son's teacher had asked him to be an MC for the talent competition. And he really liked the idea. She gave him enough time to actually write. He decided to write his own links, what he was going to say, and he practiced them. And he loved it. And I just applauded her because it was something that came from her observation Mm. of him. And it also enabled him to sort of embrace a challenge. Another example in terms of a lot of boys that I've seen uh, is presenting at assembly. Like Mm -hmm. something that is fantastic nowadays at school is children presented assembly from year you know five years of age and there's the two of them together and they sort of you know notices from people introducing songs all of those aspects and the girls do a brilliant job but my goodness the boys I have just seen them shine in a way that often I don't see in other aspects of schooling Mm -hmm. and they often have people in the palm of their hands like it's just it's just wonderful to see that in some ways you don't again one of these aspects and the challenges is we don't want to broadly generalize about all males or all boys or all girls but a lot of boys seem to when they're given the opportunity really are great orators the another example is Matama's teacher has introduced inquiry projects that the student chooses the topic and the boys have just excelled at that They've just absolutely embraced it. And um, the other week at Assembly, I saw three boys getting awards for their assignments. Mm-hmm. And they were things like Minecraft, 
they were soccer stars, they were Ford cars, they were things that interested yeah, them. Tapping into those interests. Absolutely. And sometimes also you can suggest them, like as a teacher. And one another example is my son's in a rural school, so they've got what would classically be intermediate as part of the school. Mm-hmm. And so when they go off to technology, he's left in his year six to eight class, and the teacher has set them projects to work on. And one project she set was working on a Jurassic Park idea, which involved him and another boy basically creating this park. So they had a set amount of money and they had to buy these dinosaurs. And he showed me it and brought it home and said, Mum, I'm going to bring it home. And looked, you know, what are you going to spend on dinosaurs? What are you going to spend on amusements? What are you going to spend on Kai? What are you going to, how are you going to actually set it all out? And he talked all the way home when we were walking home and just talked non-stop about it. And that's quite unusual for him. Like normally it's the classic with him trying to get him to talk about his day. Every single Thursday when he did this, he would just talk non-stop about it. And he was keen to bring stuff home from school. And again, that's the teacher thinking, what might inspire, Mm. what might interest, what might connect. And again, it it comes back to those relationships and knowing their interests. Exactly. Willing to take risks as well is a big thing, I believe, as well. So, Michelle, the supporting of boys by knowing them also obviously applies to uh, parents as well. Absolutely. For me, it is a balance in life, but it is also trying to walk the talk, isn't it? Mm -hmm. In terms of, it's not just saying, how is football? It's, if you can, it's going along to football. And this weekend was a classic example of we had my oldest son's football game. Mm-hmm. We ended up having an adults versus children, or me and the dads, as I like to see it. But I know that he enjoyed me actually giving a go and being on the team and being actively involved in things that matter to them. So we go and shoot hoops and we go and kick a soccer ball. And sport is something I do enjoy, but I'm not particularly great at hoops. I'm not particularly great at things, but Mm -hmm. it's giving it a go or something we've also been doing recently is playing an online game together. And I don't particularly... I'm not particularly good at it and I don't particularly enjoy... I've never been a gamer, and I'm not. It's not particularly my thing, but mm-hmm. my children love it. Yes. And actually, what I do is I just build up my army, and then I get my youngest Tama to actually do the battles for me because he's really good at it and he enjoys it. But it also opens up those uh, discussions yeah, about dialogue. yeah, exactly. So it's something we've got in common at the moment. Um, apparently, it's uh, their friends think it's quite cool. I'm doing it. Mm. I'm just waiting for when that changes. But at the moment, that's. Exactly, a good thing and also it means that we can have those discussions in a natural way about safety because what it is it's a very small local group which um, a local man who's a granddad he set up and the only people who can be in the group are actually though if you know someone so it's all sort of children my children's age a little bit older it's some of the adults as well whose children are playing and it's, we, we talk about things, why you don't just let anyone in. I said, no. If someone came to our door and knocked on our door, mm-hmm. and would you just let them in without asking them any questions? Or if you didn't know them, would you let them come and sit in our kitchen? And they were like, oh, probably not. And I said, it's that same thing. So if you can actually find, I guess it's try and find things, even if they're not your things, try and find things, um, interests, 
and engage with your children with them because then they're more likely to engage in things you want them to engage in as well. Sure, exactly. So what else, Anari, works well to support boys at school, do you think? Well, probably building on what you've just said, Rochelle, and also, I suppose, in the unique but also grateful position that I have to, obviously, as a former teacher, working alongside schools and, obviously, uh, boys themselves, is just kind of the importance of relationships. Um, taking those risks, looking at those opportunities and being genuine, but also what falls out of that are those authentic uh, learning contexts, which you've just you've just talked about as well. And from there, when boys see the purpose and see the why, from there they'll be able to really get engaged and to be motivated. And I think that self-motivation is the big thing as well. And from there comes all that kind of discovery and sense of purpose and achievement as well. Another thing I really like to talk about is kind of the whole idea around science. And for me, science is golden. And when a boy is asked a question, or a male is asked a question, um, and again, we can fall into generalisations here, but a lot of the time, I know from my experience, there's a bit of a process when there is science. And that process is important because it's a cognitive process and what's happening as well. And it's also a good idea when you have those discussions, those dialogues in your classroom or in learning situation, who is doing the talking the most? Where's the, you know, where's the, I suppose, the balance lie within the classroom? Teacher talking versus the students talking, etc. likewise in group work. And I think, Michelle, it's one thing that you're going to kind of carry on talking now about, especially in relation to some of the work that Cedar Lashley has done. Aye, it's, I think you raise a really good point where something I'm trying hard um, in all aspects of my life is to have those gaps and I think as again as a broad generalization and we don't want to necessarily not all women but I think a lot of women work things out by discussing them while mm -hmm. men sometimes they sometimes can do that but also often they'll go away have a think and then come back to it and some of those some practical suggestions that Celia Lashley's book he'll be okay growing gorgeous boys into good men which a lot of parents I know of boys have bought and read and I highly recommend it if you haven't read it is I've reread it again recently and she's just got some great practical suggestions like one of them is what you were saying if you ask your son a question she suggests preferably when you're driving or doing an activity and one thing is just wait for the answer for as long as it takes wait time absolutely and I think her example in the book is she sort of said to her son what's your favorite fruit and she thought he hadn't heard the question, and it was like this, to her, this crazy length of time. And she desperately wanted to jump in and I think say, is it apple, is it banana, offer suggestions. Mm -hmm. And I think as women, we need to just sort of pause and just allow them to actually have the time as long as it takes. And in the end, I think her son said, I think it was pineapple. And she said... You know, and that's the thing I also notice with my Tama, where you're driving along and if you do ask a question, sometimes also just wait and wait and wait. And if you're patient, they'll answer. The other really practical advice she gives for parents is talk about the day at night. And she was saying, for whatever reason, boys often don't love that whole let's sit down and look face to face and have a big discussion. Like that's just not a good time if you're a boy. However, at the end of the day, and it's all dark, and I, this is something I try and do usually nightly, it doesn't always happen, but I try really hard to make it happen, where turn the light out, and we lie in the dark, and we actually talk about the day, and I sort of 
and sometimes it's prompted where I sort of say, tell me something really interesting about you that happened. Um, was there anything bad or frustrating or annoying or something you want to talk about? And we also do, is there anything else? And something that I also love is my sons also ask me about my day, which is just really nice. It's a lovely sort of healthy relationship thing. But the best thing about that is I actually find out more in those five or ten minutes mm-hmm. at the end of the day than I do the whole rest of the day. And I found out the I find out the really crucial stuff. Who did they play with at lunchtime? Was there a lunchtime they actually spent by themselves? I find about the emotional health of my children. And really, that's what parents want to know. Mm-hmm. I think most parents are actually much more interested in how is my child feeling than how is my child doing academically at school. And so that's such a great practical suggestion. And I know you've read the book. What practical suggestions for parents or teachers did you like? Well, that's exactly that. The book was real practical. And I guess it comes from Celia's background. And within the book, mm. she talks about the different stages that boys go through as well. And also what to expect at these stages. Common behaviours, etc. And also relates it, she relates it back to stories with her son, but also obviously interacting with some other uh, males and boys through two kind of key areas, obviously with her prison background and working within prisons and the stories from there, and also part of the project that she did with a number of boys' schools up and down New Zealand as well, which is good because it's obviously targeted as what we're talking about here, but also it's uh, New Zealand-based as well, so it's always good to have those New Zealand stories as well that we can relate to. Michelle, any other further suggestions? I thought a lot about why do girls often excel above boys at school, and again, not all girls, but this is just an observation of mine of how can we better support boys at school, and there's not a as we've discussed, there's not a simple answer. And for this podcast, I think our key aim Mm -hmm. is opening up the discussion, providing resources we've found helpful, asking those out there, what are some other resources? And people have very kindly shared some of their thoughts and their resources. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, for me, I think a critical aspect is also trying to encourage a love of reading. Yes. And something that has worked, and I'll put a link also below this podcast, but mm-hmm. I'd written something previously in a blog with regards to how do you do that, how do you encourage a love of reading, and the latest things also that are working really well for particularly my tamapotiki is he is really enjoying audiobooks. He enjoys reading and he's been re- now getting into Harry Potter yes. and aspects like that, but really sometimes he just wants a break from yeah, actually reading, but he's, you know, it's that love of stories and it does so much, I think, in terms of academically, and I think that's something that we can do. And it's hard. It's not always, um, for a lot of people, parents are saying, I'm trying, I'm trying. But I, I guess the main thing is don't give up. Just keep and trying. And, and parents and I, we share um, authors that our sons love. And we, I go into children's bookshops and say, what are some, you know, this is what my son's like, this is his age, what do you recommend? I think... For me, that's mm-hmm. something that can really help academically, and just also it's so fun yeah, to have absolutely. a longer reading. Yes, and just to uh, conclude, the last point you're there about having fun, I think humour is a huge thing, and probably a podcast on, uh, alone. And just finally, there's no simple answer to this, but obviously one that we're in a unique position because we work alongside a lot of educators as well, and we'll be looking uh, building on that knowledge through the podcasts and resources. Kia ora. Kia ora. You've been listening to a core education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility.